Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So today I have with me my dear friend, Christina McGee. Uh, As you probably know, she's the author of The Greatest Book, on Parenting Apart. The book is called Parenting Apart. (laughs) It's truly a magnificent book and everyone needs to have it. We're talking today about this very, very tricky line that so many of us have to walk between not throwing our co-parent under the bus, not telling our kids truths that may not be appropriate for them to hear about their other parent, And then also not gaslighting our kids, not telling them, you know, not sort of acknowledging things that they're asking questions about they might already know is happening, right? So um, really excited about this episode. And um, one of the things that Christina said when we wrapped up recording, she said, oh, you know, I should have said to them, we should have ended with have grace for yourself. So I told her that I would add that to you guys, that I would tell you to remember at the end of this episode that this is a very, very, very uh, complex situation. It's a very difficult line to walk with your children. Almost all things that are parenting Uh, related are difficult (laughs) and complex. Um, And to, so please have, have some grace for yourself as you walk through this. I also, before I uh, get into the episode, want to remind you that next week we have our monthly Q and a on Tuesday, April 11th at 9 30 AM Pacific time. 12 30 p.m. Eastern. So there's a link in the show notes for you to sign up. When you sign up, you're signing up through Zoom and you will be getting a unique uh, login link from Zoom. So the reminder from me does not have a link to join in it. The link is going to be from Zoom because each one of you gets a unique link so that we can make sure that you know people don't join that haven't registered right so that's for your safety and privacy but some people are like wait a minute i didn't get a link you will get a confirmation from zoom that when you register the confirmation you get from zoom will be your link to join okay again the link to register for our monthly q a is in the show notes and without further ado and chitter chatter Here's my conversation with Christina McGee. Christina McGee, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to have you as always. 
Well, I'm happy to be here. I love getting a chance to talk to you. <laughs> Yay. Of course, we should tell everyone that like we really actually do talk a lot offline too, <laughs> or, or in other mediums. But anyway, um, so, uh, okay, this is, an, this is a question that I brought to you a couple of years ago as a friend. I was like, uh, help me with this. And, and ever since then, it has also become a question that I get all the time, and I'm sure you do as well. And it's this idea of how do we walk this very, very narrow and tricky line between not gaslighting our kids when they know something is up and they're actually asking questions about it Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to particularly when it comes to the other parent and their behavior, but also then not throwing the under other parent under the bus or not telling them too much of a truth. For example, did dad cheat? Is dad a cheater? Is that what's going on here? Because they're noticing certain things and then you don't want to say, oh no, of course not, honey, because that would be lying. But also they're asking you because they're noticing things. But then you also don't want to be like, yeah, your dad's a cheater. (laughs) Right? Like, Ah, how do you walk that line? Well, very carefully, right? Right. It's it's a hard, it's such a hard position to be in. I have so many parents that are really struggling with this, you know, and and just to kind of springboard off the whole Mm -hmm. cheating example, right? So you have your kid come to you and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm kind of putting some things together and did dad cheat on you? All right. Well, you don't want to throw dad under the bus. And you want to be sure that you're giving kids the space, right, to form their own relationship with that other parent, come to their own conclusions, because your experience with your co-parent does not determine the quality of your child's relationship with their co-parent. That's Mm. that's really Mm -hmm. something that Mm -hmm. they have to come to terms with. And yet, you also don't want to compromise your credibility, because anytime that we're kind of glossing over or sidestepping or reshaping the truth a little bit, right? It can really come back and bite you in the butt. Right, right. Because kids figure stuff out. (laughs) Right. And then the other side of that, again, is saying something negative about the other parent when a child feels like they're half of them and half of you, like, oh. Yes, yes. When a kid comes to you and they say something like, well, did dad cheat on you, right? They're asking you straight up. You can say that that was one of the issues in our relationship, one of the issues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Versus, oh yeah, he did, and let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> let me and tell you about what happened. It's here's time. a can of worms, and let's open it all the way up, right? Because yes, and I love that you say that. That's one of the issues because it is one of the issues. It's one and of likely it wasn't the only it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back for the two of you. That mm-hmm. that could be a truth. Mm-hmm. But rarely have I run into situations where that's it. Sure. Right? Maybe a parent isn't at a place where they can really come to terms with there being other issues. Maybe they haven't they haven't done enough of their own work to really see the full picture because they've been in it. But usually that's one of the issues. And I would Mm -hmm. say to parents like that are really 
Because this is a huge issue, especially when you're talking about infidelity for a parent, right? Is that even if 90% of it was the fact that the other parent cheated on you, what was your 10%? Right. Like where is, where, where did you have skin in the game in some Mm -hmm. way, shape or form? And, and that is really what we want to communicate to kids when we're talking about the balance, right? Being authentic. That was one of the problems for us. And in order to do that, I mean, my top recommendation for parents is the first thing you need to do is get right with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if we want to have these conversations with our kids and we haven't dealt with our own feelings around the end of the relationship or um, a co-parent's tendencies, which could be a lot of different things, right? If there's other challenging dynamics like alcoholism or addiction or... um, infidelity, narcissism, you know, a a parent who's emotionally abusive. I mean, the list goes on and on. All of these Mm -hmm. things make it a much more complicated situation, but I think you have to really sink into dealing with your own feelings first so that you can show up in a very Mm -hmm. grounded way for your kids. Because again, we're talking about when we don't, there's those extremes that we fall into. Yeah. And and I guess I also, I want to be cautious because like nobody's cheating is your fault. Like you didn't cause anyone to cheat. Right. You did not right. cause anyone to abuse you. You, this isn't about taking responsibility for their behavior. Mm. So what is that? What would that 10% or the 40% or whatever? Like, what do you mean by that? So maybe one of the issues in the relationship is that, Once you started having children, there was less time invested in the relationship and more on being a parent. Maybe there were some things that came up in the relationship and instead of addressing them, we just kind of backed off Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. let them go, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of Mm -hmm. being proactive, we just kind of stood back. Or Mm -hmm. maybe there were some ways that we argued or disagreed that were really destructive to the relationship. Maybe we made some choices that made it more challenging for us to really connect in a meaningful way and have a satisfying relationship. I mean, I think it takes two people to make a happy marriage. Yeah. One person can't be responsible for doing all the work. And I like the distinction. I think that's so important that you raised. It's not your fault. I'm not saying you need to take some, take some responsibility for the other parent. No. I think in the world of say, you know, sex addiction and cheating, right? It's really easy for, I think, an, a sex addict or someone who compulsively cheats, for example, to sort of say like, well, but you were not there for me, or you weren't giving me mm. enough, quote enough sex, or you weren't, you know, once we had kids, you weren't paying enough attention to me. And I think the you know, the rebuttal to that is like, yeah, because I had to be a mom. <laughs> right. right. Like, right. and like that still doesn't that still doesn't cause you to go out and cheat. Or right. it's not seek, justification. Right? right. It's not justification. So I think I just want to that that too is a tricky line. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that I know for me, you know, when I was sort of having to reckon with my 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 quote part in the breakdown of my marriage. A lot of it was my codependency work. Well, right. It wasn't just the it wasn't just the relationship and like what happened in the demise of it. It was like, what was I even doing there? To be honest. That's very true. And when I talk about what was your 10%, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's certainly part of the mix, right? Right. Because yeah. we all come to relationships with our own baggage, with things that we've resolved or not resolved. Maybe there were things that you didn't see when you entered that relationship and and like maybe not speaking up for yourself. Right. 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 Attention to your own needs. That could be your 10%. Like right. you might've just said, mm, I'm just going to, you know, white knuckle it. I'm just going to lump it. I'm not going to. So it's a, it's a, it's a much bigger piece of work than just saying, well, this was that person's fault. This was my fault. You know, you may really need to spend some time. So when I say get right with yourself, like find some support and dig in, like start unpacking that. See other pieces is that if you don't and you get into another relationship, guess what? Guess what? (laughs) All those issues are still going to be there. Right. And second marriages have a much higher risk for ending in divorce, second relationships for ending and not working out. So it's really important for you and for your kids Mm -hmm. to do the work. Yep. That's right. And, and I, and I think it's also important to like, this is not about saying to your kids, you know, yes, that was one of the issues. And here are all the other ones. Like I did this and dad did this and dad, right? Like, like we, yes, the children do not need the full accounting. Right. 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 Um, and that's where think, less is yeah. more. That is where less is more. Right. right. So right. when we right. get hit with those questions, and this is another reason why you really need to be grounded is because our tendency is to then start over talking. Like we, they hit that internal panic button, you know, warning, (laughs) right, danger, danger. Um, And so then we start, we just start talking and it just, it gets so much bigger than it needs to. I'm so guilty of that. (laughs) What we need to do is take a moment, right? Take a moment and go, hmm, that's a really big question. Tell me what's got you curious about that. You said you've noticed things. What kind of things have you noticed? I'm wondering what's bringing this up for you. Did did something happen? You know, mm-hmm. and just get kind of curious. And I think that's where we need to meet our kids where they're at and really focus on their feelings in that moment and what they're thinking. Because when kids bring questions to us, rarely is it the question they're asking us. That's not usually what they want to know. There's usually something else underneath it. And mm-hmm. and if we just take it at face value and launch into our big, long, <laughs> you know, word salad of a answer, <laughs> then we miss, we miss that opportunity to kind of find out, okay, okay, yeah. hmm, tell me more. Yeah. That's hard. That is really, really super, super hard to do. It's so hard. It is so hard. And I'm so guilty of the word salad and like giving too much information. I mean, I've always been guilty of that as a parent, right? That's just sort of always been <laughs> to the point where I think we were having the birds and the bees conversation when, um, for unfortunately, because of my ex's actions, we had to have the birds and the bees conversation mm-hmm. very early with my son. Um and because he was having a brother, <laughs> he was having a surprise brother, a <laughs> uh, half brother, not mine. And uh, and so we had to have this conversation early. And so then he was like, well, how did that happen? And I, of course, launched into a little bit too much information for a six-year-old to have to mm-hmm. process to the point. 
point where my son said, okay, mom, that's enough information. (laughs) (laughs) He he shut me down. He was like, that's enough. That's enough. I don't want to hear anymore. And like, God love him for being able to say that and being able to tell me to to shut up. He just, he was like, I was giving too much of an anatomy lesson and how things, how things actually worked. (laughs) So I like, so guilty on all fronts for giving too much information. I think we've all been there as a parent at one time or another, you know, where we're just in that situation and our anxiety level starts notching up. And so there we go. Right. The other end of that though, is the parent who hears it, the panic button goes off and they go into lockdown mode and don't say anything right? or say very little, which doesn't help kids either because there's nothing there for them to hang their hat on. Like, how do they make sense of what they're feeling? And we're sending that kind of subtle message that uh, those questions, mm -mm, don't ask them because we are absolutely not going to talk about that. When they come and ask these questions, when they say, like, I'm noticing some things, right? And you're saying, so tell me what it is that you're noticing that that is having you bring me this this question. I think it's so important to hear that because I think we we're all raised, you know, our generation, um, you know, you, you and me, right? Gen X. Our generation was like, you say something like, hey, I'm sort of starting to notice or feel something in the air in this family. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it was like, what are you talking about? La, 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 la. (laughs) (laughs) And we were all like, there's something really wrong here and no one's talking about it. Right. Right. And so it's important, you know, when our, to acknowledge that our kids are actually really intuitive, they're really smart. They're way more observant than we give them credit for. And that like, yeah, there is shit that they're seeing. Well, and not just that they're seeing and hearing, but they're feeling it like they're Mm -hmm. little stress barometers. And when there's tension, you know, or a parent is upset or seems stressed or, you know, kids, they're feeling it. And so what do they, what do they do with that? Mm -hmm. What do they do with that? Well, they're going to come up with a way of explaining it, which may not be based on logic or reason, or, you know, they'll start stringing things together. Like, yeah. oh, what did I, what did I do? I mean, depending on their age and stage of development, um, mm-hmm. you know, or they'll get the impression that this is not something we're going to talk about. It makes, makes parents, you know, makes my parents uncomfortable. So then they wonder, well, what else can't I talk about? And maybe I'm just better off not talking about anything, right. Yeah, or filtering right. because they say something, it sets us off. And so they it was like, oh, not going to make that mistake again, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then, and then they stopped telling us other things. So then that really leaves our kids dealing with all this stuff all on their own. Yeah, right. It's, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of um, a conversation that I had with a sex addiction therapist a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Rob. It was a great great podcast episode on uh, addiction and and sex addiction in particular and the difference between addiction and cheat, uh, sex addiction and cheating. Um, and this is sort of going back to what we were talking about, about doing your own work and processing your, your mm-hmm. sort of 
pardon things, but also just like your experience, like just processing your emotions around whatever, whatever the breakdown in the marriage is. And Dr. Rob was saying, because I we were talking about codependence and um, and he was like, now is not the time, right? When you get hit with like dis- a, a betrayal, when you're hit with betrayal trauma, like now is not the time to be processing your your feelings, your like all you should be focusing on is the betrayal trauma. You can deal with your codependence later all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Because you're in the, and I, and I'm, and I get that. Like, I really do. And I agree with it. But also when you have kids, you don't necessarily have time, right? You don't necessarily have the luxury of the time to be like, I'm going to deal with the betrayal trauma and then I'll deal with my codependency. Like, like you kind of have to, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so I have a couple of them. I, okay. I think the first is I, I get that. And because, you know, we only have so much capacity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To take in and to process. And if we want to do a good job at it, it makes sense that you would work your way through, right? Yeah. If a question or if an issue comes up with your kids, one of the things you could do is work with somebody, right? And and get them to help you with, how do I have this conversation? Like, I think one of the problems that we, one of the pitfalls for us as parents is we think we have to have all the answers in order to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't. Right. Right. You may say, gosh, this is such a really big, important question. And I don't don't know if I can answer it, but I'm, I'm willing for us to work on trying to figure it out together. You know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about that. So yeah. it is, and these conversations are not a one and done. Ever. They are a process. And yeah. I think when we approach them as parents, and this is where all the word salad and the over-talking comes from, is that we got to get it all out, right? Because yep. this is the moment. Um, yep. and, and it is, <laughs> it, it is a series. It's a process of conversations. And I think it's okay. And it's good modeling for kids to say, gosh, you know what? that that's a that's a big problem that's a huge question that's i'm not sure how to answer that i really i really want to give that some time and think about it i don't, i'm not even sure if i know how i feel about yeah. it yeah and then make sure you circle back circle back conversations can be so valuable so circle back to your kids and do it in a time when you're feeling more prepared you know, maybe you called your coach you called your therapist and you said Hey, (laughs) conversation I need to have and I need to prep. And I actually, I do a lot of scripting with parents Mm -hmm. and I recommend set aside some time, right? Start writing down the things you think you'd like to say to your child. And then if you're got kind of a question mark about whether they should hear it, whether they should not hear it, then ask yourself some questions, you know, how's this information going to help my child? Mm. How might it hurt them? Do I feel like I need to share this with them because they need to hear it or because I need to tell it? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's an important clue right there. And it's a really hard, that's a really hard question. That's a really Mm -hmm. hard question because the vindictive part of you is like, I want, (laughs) they need to know, you know? And I know for myself, there were so many things that I felt like I was protecting my ex, mm-hmm. right? 
like not just my child, like I was protecting my child from information about his dad. It was like I was protecting that relationship almost more, I felt at times. And this is probably not true, but this is sort of my, you know, my feeling of it at the time that I was almost protecting the relationship somewhat more than 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 my ex was, <laughs> right? And I'm like, this mm-hmm. isn't my job. What am I doing? But but it is, you know, in many senses, it is my job. It is it is not my job to create the relationship. Right. Um, it is also it, and it is my job to protect it to a degree. It's it's my job not to destroy it. Let's put it that way. Well, and you're doing that for your child, not for my not exactly. Your That's right. right? You're That's doing right. It. it benefits your child yes. to be able to have some support around figuring out their relationship with this other parent, right? And to be able to have your support in having that relationship, if that's a choice they want to make. Mm-hmm. I want to be very, you know, because this came up when I was in another interview, you know, well, what about, what about those situations where you have a parent who's behaving really badly, who is, is not showing up for kids who might be emotionally abusive and, and kids, might have a very legitimate reason for not wanting to have a connection with that parent. That's right. Um, and That's so right. I, I think that it's important that we pay attention to that as well. Like really our job is to show up for our kids. We want to keep them safe. We want to help them define healthy adult behavior and unhealthy adult behavior because they're going to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And we want them to be able to know. Yeah. I was just on a coaching call with a client who was kind of really struggling with the same thing. You know, dad is not emotionally and I'm not dad bashing. I've had this Uh happen with moms too, but dad is just not emotionally available. And this kid is a kid who's very got really strong emotions, you know, and, and very emotionally intuitive. And it's like, why? Why, why can't I don't, you know, I just, uh, why do I have to, why do I have to go there? Mm. Why can't, why yes. can't somebody listen to me? Why do oh, I have to do that? So heartbreaking. Ooh, that, that is really hard. You yep. know, it's really hard. And what do you say to that? How, what do you, how do you coach people through that? Cause I know that's a question that a lot of my listeners have. When you do that, you have to really dig a little deeper. So can you tell me, tell me a little bit more about what's not feeling safe for you? Gosh, and then you sink in with validation. Gosh, that's got to be so tough when you're trying to tell somebody how you feel and they're not listening. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's got to be so scary when you're telling a parent something and you see them get angry. Like when people get angry, gosh, I would be scared too, right? It's really scary. So you don't focus in on, wow, when dad gets really angry, you must be really scared. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. We're going a little bit bigger. We're normalizing and generalizing. We're saying, yeah, you know, when somebody gets really angry at you, that can be really scary. Probably you're wondering, should I say anything at all? Because you don't know how they'll react. Mm -hmm. I bet you might even feel like you're walking on eggshells. Now you notice I'm not said anything about dad specifically, Mm -hmm. but I am Mm -hmm. talking in a very big way about the child's feelings, what they're struggling with. This is a really, this is a hard situation. I don't know exactly what we can do about it, but let's see what we can figure out. So then you move into the problem solving. And maybe that is a time when you need to be bringing in 
another professional, when you need to get kids connected to um, somebody who's not emotionally invested, right, right, to give them a voice, to give them yes. some way to process this and to learn skills. Now that's that. So how do we help our kids learn to cope? And one of the things our kids may need to do is adjust their expectations, just like we have to mm-hmm. in our right. adult relationships. Yeah, I tell parents, don't go to the hardware store for milk because no matter right. how many trips you make, you're not going to find what you're looking for. And that may be what we need to teach our kids mm-hmm. is that there are certain things from your other parent that they just might not be able to give you. Yeah. And I usually recommend that parents use a very tangible example. Like, you know, if 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 mom had a broken leg, would you expect her to run a marathon? expect her to hit the track with you you wouldn't right because mom has broken leg well there there are certain aspects of who we are that we may not always be able to see we love in lots of different ways some of us have things that are really great about some of us have some things that are not so great about us and one of the things that mom might not be good at is really listening to your feelings that might be kind of hard for her for a lot of different reasons so how are we going to handle It's so funny because I I was laughing earlier and you're saying like the empathizing part, you know, that's where my son in particular, and this is, I don't know if this is a, you know, a neurodivergence issue or just my kid, (laughs) because my (laughs) kid was always like, if I say that must be really hard, that must, that must feel really bad. He go, yeah, so that's why I want X. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go there, mom. That must be really hard. I, you know, I, you know, I understand, like do all the empathizing. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so get, give me what I want. <laughs> right? He would bypass, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it would land with him in some ways, but he would be like, yeah, you understand. So give me what I want. Yes. It's, it's really hard when you can't get what you want. Like I hear <laughs> you saying you want things to change. I get it. And I'm not sure that's something I can do right now. Maybe we need some help in this department, or maybe mm-hmm. we can sit down and have, you know, come up with some options. And for some of these situations, it can feel almost impossible. Like yeah. to be in that situation where your kid is saying, you know what, I don't want to go. And now a quick word from our sponsor. So you guys, probably one of the most important things that you can do for yourself when you get divorced is to get new sheets for so many reasons. And I can't recommend Cozy Earth Sheets enough. Oprah named Cozy Earth Sheets as one of her favorite things, and they are also one of mine. All Cozy Earth products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. And you guys, they are the softest sheets I've ever slept on. And what's more, Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulating, which for a woman of my age is really important and pretty much life-changing. They also have loungewear that offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering and elegant fit, as well as premium bath products, which they offer in both a plush collection as well as their new waffle collection. And all of Cozy Earth's products come with a 10-year warranty. When you're starting again in a new home, you deserve to have the softest and most luxurious sheets available. And those, my friends, are Cozy Earth Sheets. So the best news is that Cozy Earth is providing an exclusive offer for listeners of 35% off everything on their site when you use the code DSG 
at checkout. That's Divorce Survival Guide, DSG. So that's CozyEarth.com. And be sure to use the code DSG at checkout for 35% off. And now back to our show. Your idea of bringing in a sort of a neutral third party, whether that's a therapist for the kid or a a co-parenting coordinator, somebody who, if it's actually dire, can advocate on your child's behalf. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's if there's good reason that your kid is feeling very afraid um, of the other parent, you want a mandated reporter. You want someone who's going to say this is actually a problem because, it, you know, coming from you. It's not going to do very much. No, no. And, I, and I've and i had that discussion with parents many times. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. You are not the person who can take action on this. So you need to seek out if a child has a therapist, uh, you know, get in touch with the therapist and you need to be very careful that you're not inserting yourself in a way that makes it look like you're trying to alienate right. your child from the other parent, but you just want to give them a voice. And that, yeah. and and what's really tough about that is like, of course, the most important thing always has to be our children's safety, absolutely above and beyond anything else. But when you're talking about the legal system, you know, it's one thing to say there's physical right. safety issues. Right. It's another thing to say there's emotional safety issues. Yeah. No, that's a very there. gray area and yeah. they're not going to touch it with a 10 foot pole, most likely. Mm. They don't care. Uh, That's right. Are they physically safe? Great. Done. That's all that matters. The bar is very, very low. And as a protective parent, right, you're being accused of alienation, but really what you're doing is being a protective parent. And, you know, this is why, you know, you and I both always recommend the work of um, our friend, Mm -hmm. Dr. Christine Cocciola, because, you know, her work with protective parents and like actually how to navigate the system as a protective parent is really, really important. I think she has a cohort starting now. May, I think. I think, I in, think so. We'll put it in the well, show notes when I April, find it. there's one in April, and I think there's one okay. also in May coming up. But Okay, great. Yeah, I'll, I'll put those in the show notes. But she always has something going on. Um, because because really it is. It's protective parenting, right? It's, it's not, <laughs> you're not alienating. I'm not, right? If you were not dangerous, I would not have to, I don't want to do this. Right. I don't want to do this. The other thing that I think a lot of parents forget is that your child is going to continue to have a relationship with their co-parent for the rest of their lives, whether they're actually having contact with them or not co- having contact with them. I mean, they're going to have to, in their own way, come to terms with this relationship. And again, the truth is right. our kids are going to go out to the world and they're going to meet difficult people. So how is it that we help them figure out how to adjust their expectations, how to see a relationship for what it has to offer and what it doesn't Mm -hmm. and make a decision about how they want to engage and and what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. I I, I think those are really important life lessons, not easy ones to teach, but very, very important. I think that's that's right. And I know that, you know, with my son, you know, he chose at the age of, he was 
just about to turn 17 when he decided that he was going to live with me full time. And it happened for a variety of reasons. And it, part of it was like, I'm sick and tired of dragging my ship back and forth to two different houses all the time. Right. I'm, I, I would like one place to live, please. Mm-hmm. You know, which, fuck, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want that either. Right. But the other part of it was, you know, his dad's life completely blowing up and and the curtain being pulled back on all of the stuff that he had been intuiting and asking about for so many years. I found myself in a position of, again, having to walk a very a very narrow line, but also it was now that it was out in the open, <laughs> like it was, you know, it was very obvious and clear and like undeniable. I was then able to actually have more compassion for his dad. Mm. And to say, you know, like, yeah, dad has these issues and, you know, look what's happened and it's really difficult for him and he's working on it. And I was able to say that because he was, you know, he really did take his issues seriously and he, you know, he hit his bottom and it, and it was awful and it was wonderful because he actually then, you know, and so my son got to witness that part too, but also at the age of 16, he saw his dad kind of disintegrate in like a flame of glory, you know, but not even flame of glory, but like, but, yeah. you know, really disintegrate. And, uh, and it was really tough for him. It was really hard. And they have been forging their own new relationship. And I think it's a much more authentic relationship. And I think it's so much better for both of them. And so I guess I'm telling this story because like you said, they're going to be in relationship with these people for the rest of their lives and they're going to navigate and, and difficult relationships are going to come in and they're going to go. And I think what I was most proud of is the boundaries that my son set and that he was able to say, you know, when his dad came and apologized to him and told him that he would never lie to him again and that he, and my son <laughs> looked his dad in the face and said, okay, we'll see. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, man, cause as a 16-year-old me, 16-year-old highly codependent me would have been like, oh, okay, okay. No, no, it's okay, daddy. It's okay. It's okay. I love you. Don't go again. Like, you know? Yeah. He was just like, okay, we'll see. And they've built the relationship on their terms. Mm-hmm. And I think it's better than uh, than it probably would have been otherwise. And we'll see, right? We don't know where it's going to go, but it's just, it's an opportunity for everybody's growth, even our kids, which is right. hard. It's just heartbreaking to watch, but also, you know, when they start navigating the path in mature ways and ways that you know that you never would have at that age, like, yes, yeah. we're doing it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And what would be more heartbreaking is that they don't ever get there, That's where right. they don't, they're not able to set the boundary, where they're not, you know, feeling like they're heard. Right. I think Mm -hmm. so in these situations, it's not our job to fix it for our kids. Right. It's our job to be there in the moment with them, to acknowledge their truth, to validate their feelings, to, you know, stand with them as they move forward, not for us to figure it out for them or to have all the answers, but to really engage in some honest conversation and, and saying, Gosh, this is tough. It's so tough. This is really hard. I don't. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do necessarily in this. Uh, what not to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. And so let's figure it out together. Yeah, right. That gives kids somewhere to go. Whereas if we gloss it over, 
right? We're just setting them up, Mm -hmm. just gaslighting them. And if we go the other extreme and we feel like we're just going to, you know, give them every single detail, well, then we're just going to emotionally overwhelm them and they can't do anything with that either. It's, I mean, I just, I have so much compassion for the, for the parents that are walking that line right now. Cause I have, I was there for so long yeah. and you know, I was, I was like, I was a wreck over it, a wreck for a good long time. Um, and so I would highly recommend everyone call Christina like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I called Christina and <laughs> you should too. <laughs> well, I would say you need to call somebody. Don't go it alone. Right. Yes. I would absolutely say don't go it alone. Don't right. go it alone. I love the way that you, you always remind me. And I think it's such an important lesson is that I, you don't have to have the answers. Right. And I'm always, as a parent, I think so many of us are always like, okay, um, well, this is here. I get, you know, and, and as, as parents, I think we all know by now, right, that kids are always one step ahead of us, right? <laughs> Only they one. Move, they move the cone and then we go, oh, oh God. Okay. I guess I got, I guess we're, that's where we are now. Right. And, and so much of parenting is, let me get back to you while I research how yeah. to answer that question. You know, I remember my son started, I think I've told you this story before when my son first started to read and we were behind a car at a stoplight and suddenly he goes mom what's abortion and there was a sticker there was a bumper sticker on the car ahead of us and i was like i am not remotely prepared to answer this question (laughs) you are you know five six years old like oh my god and it was one of the only moments where i was like Oh, honey, that's a very complicated word. Let me figure out the best way to explain that to you. And I'll get back to you after school. (laughs) When you're 13. Like, how do you, how do you explain abortion to a six-year-old? You know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, right. So they're always like, I feel like they're always moving the cone and then you're having, we're having to play catch up to them. Right. Mm -hmm. They, they set the tone, they set the bar. And then we're like, I guess this is where this is the bar now. Right. And it's okay for us to always say, Hmm, I haven't learned how to meet that bar yet. Yeah. (laughs) You got me, man. You stumped me. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure, honey. Well, let me, let me, yeah. And that's hard. And if you're somebody like me who has four kids, what one didn't do, (laughs) (laughs) the other three will make up for in spades, you know, so they're all like a little different and and you may have one kid that's really struggling in one way and another that's really struggling in a different way. Gosh, that just makes it so freaking tough. One was enough for me. One was enough. Mm. He's very, he's very challenging. (laughs) He was enough. (laughs) Love him to death but nothing has challenged me more. Uh, Christina, is there anything that we haven't covered in this conversation? Because I, oh, and it's so, <laughs> really? you yeah, can open uh-huh, that go for can it now. <laughs> yep. I, that's what I just did. <laughs> I mean, about walking this line, I think, well, I guess the, I guess really the lesson and the takeaway is it's okay not to know. It's okay mm-hmm. to say, I'm really not sure that's really challenging. Um, it's okay to say, to just, to just empathize with how confusing this must be for them, whatever, whatever the situation is. Right. 
And I, and I like what you said earlier about it being behavior, right? Because when you keep the conversation about someone's behavior, you're, you're keeping it off of their character. Mm, yes. So I say, focus on the problem, not the person. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about. The right. problem is, you know, mom or dad's addiction or mom mom or dad's emotional unavailability or mm-hmm. the, you know, so identify the problem mm-hmm. and you can always, I mean, I think it's a really, you know, normalize and generalize, go big instead of going small. So instead of focusing in on this parent's behavior, talk big about it. Like, yeah, when this happens, you know, when somebody behaves in these ways, that sucks, right? Yeah, right. Here's here's how you might feel. Mm-hmm. How did it feel for you? Like mm-hmm. dig in there and get curious. Um, ask ask some questions. You know, let get kids to talk about it so you can find out what are those layers underneath. I think the other thing that's really important when we talk about this conversation is, is that you want to keep your own guilt in check. And that's where I think the, the gaslighting can come in. You know, it's mm-hmm. because it is very normal to feel so incredibly guilty that our kids are even having to deal with these situations, that they're having to navigate all this complicated, you know, we just, and yeah. for that reason, we might want to gloss it over. <laughs> we might want to make it seem like it's not as bad as it actually is. And I don't think that that helps kids either. It just doesn't. Right. right. That's right. So, yeah. For example, I had a mom who, um, you know, dad was not being emotionally sensitive. The divorce had been really challenging. Dad was a rager, right? He liked to rage big and threaten. And and the kids, understandably, felt very uncomfortable. There were some justified reasons for them not wanting to spend significant periods of time with dad on their own. Dad mm-hmm. also wasn't really attuned with where they were developmentally and wanted to do all these kind of things he thought would be really fun, but it was more like for kids that were like eight and nine, not, you know, 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. And so the kids, you know, mom's encouraging them to let, let dad know how you feel. Well, when they did. Not safe. No, dad would give, you know, make them feel yeah. really guilty. Tell them, um, you don't know how hard this is for me. Uh, this is so difficult when they would say, look, we want to see you, but can we, can we meet at a coffee shop? Can we like spend some time together that way? Can we spend some time together this way? And dad comes back and says, nope, if you want to see me, you need to be here in my home with me for the whole full time that I mm-hmm. want to have you. And if you're not going to do that, then I don't want to see you at all. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So as a parent in that situation, one of the ways we might deal with it is to say, well, you know what, right now, dad's feeling really upset. And maybe over time, right, he'll change. Or maybe he'll be able to really listen to your feelings the next time you have a conversation. And the truth was, the next time it wasn't going to matter. This was a pattern, a very established pattern of behavior. And unless dad was seeking help, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And trying to change it. She was just continuing to kind of yeah. set the kids up by trying right. to promote and find ways because she felt really guilty. The kids felt really guilty. 
So what was the, what did you suggest? What was your, what was your item? Don't gaslight them. Yeah. Talk about, and, and we circled back and I said, okay, so let's talk about, you know, there are some things dad might be good at. There are some things he's not right. When somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, and we did the whole, so if dad had a broken leg, Mm -hmm. would you expect him to run a marathon? No, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about what would feel okay for you. How can we help your voice be heard? How can you engage with dad? And when the kids would, you know, make an effort and if dad wasn't responsive, just sitting in that disappointment with them versus trying to gloss it over and make it okay, just to say, gosh, that sounds like you're really disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, that dad said he wouldn't, wouldn't meet you. Sounds like that was pretty hurtful, right? Because what we want to do is we want to let our kids know that what they're feeling makes sense. Have to agree with it, but it it makes sense that you know when somebody hurts your feelings, you would feel disappointed. When somebody gets angry at you, that you would feel scared. That and so helping them with that. And so how do you solve? But now I guess you know where I go with that is like okay, but how do you solve that problem for those kids? Like, what's the solution? Do they go to dad? Do they not go to dad? Are you still forcing them into custody where they're into you know parenting time that they're they right. Where the kids were able to, mom had supports in place and she let them know anytime you want to see your dad, I'm absolutely happy to help you do that, to take you there, to work out the time, even if it's not part of the schedule. You know, she continued to make herself available and supportive. But when the kids said they didn't want to go, they didn't go. And they did not they, go. Yep. And they got in touch with therapists and they, you know, I I mean, mom really was trying her very best to facilitate the relationship. But when you're working harder than the other parent, that's something to pay attention to. Right. Right. And so many parents get, you know, then then comes the, you know, the uh, accusations of alienation and withhold going against court orders and like all of it. Right. And then. But. When you have therapists on board, when you have the kids have advocates, third party advocates, you can navigate those waters a little bit better. And especially Some, when they're older, sometimes, 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 sometimes yeah. right? Yeah. And, and again, we're talking about, so there's extremes there and there may be sometimes when you, you can't like, right. there are right. orders in place. And so then how do you help your kids? Mm-hmm right? Stay safe. Like how do you develop a safety plan? How do you teach them to manage the emotions and be available to help unpack it with them? Because you might not be able to change that situation. And then you have, Mm -hmm. you know, the the other end of the spectrum where you might just have a parent that has rules that your kid really thinks suck, Yeah, you know, and they come home and they complain about, you know, the rules. And you have a choice. You can either jump on that bandwagon and talk about how much you think those rules suck too, or you can say, (laughs) right, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) Or you can say, wow, you're, you really don't like going to bed at eight. Right. And uh, different rules in different houses. Yeah. And it sounds like that that's something that's real important to dad and, you know, his roof, his rules kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of different ways 
that we walk this line from the very subtle to the very extreme. But really, you know, in terms of takeaway, get right with yourself. Make sure that you don't have, you know, emotional investment in an outcome or the situation so you can really show up for your kids and that you you get in there and less is more, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, ask questions, get curious, realize you don't have to have all the answers, you know, you can figure it out um, and really focus in on, you know, just acknowledging your kids' feelings, as much as possible. Words of extreme wisdom as always. Christina, I'm always just so grateful for you. Hard won wisdom, I will add. (laughs) Yeah, all right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Um, Where can everyone find you? Mm, Divorce and children, A-N-D.com divorce and andchildren.com. That's the best place to find me. I'm also on Instagram at divorce and children on Facebook and LinkedIn at Christina McGee and Christina's book, the, the most unbelievable book parenting apart. I talk about it all the time. Everyone needs to get it. If you don't already have it, it is a must read. It is, I think, top of my my official uh, book list. So thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Your book is amazing. And I love and adore you. And thank you so much for coming on and having this important conversation. Anytime. Love talking to you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.